0: The following podcast is brought to you by the Bridge Bible Church in Somerset, Wisconsin. For more information, please visit our website at thebridgewired.com. All right, let's uh, find your way back to your seat. um, So this morning, uh, Pastor Rob is out of town, and so Pete Zilkowski is going to be preaching to us this morning sharing God's word. Um, and is going to start with, uh, Christy's Pete's wife, is going to start with reading uh, reading for us. So you can come and grab a mic somewhere. You can grab mine if you want. Hope it's okay. I'll just use yours. I'm
1: not quite as tall. Um, wow, so sweet. I just love that when we come together, like we can just lay off all hindrance and pretense and be family, brothers and sisters that just, get to delight in Jesus together. So just so grateful to do that with you guys today. Um, If you would, would you look at Isaiah 61 with me? Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks, foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you'll rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing, and in my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in the robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the soil makes a sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, So the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we just acknowledge that you are beauty itself. That you are the head of this church. That in you all things hold together. We thank you, God, that because you've done everything necessary, we can give you our ashes and you turn them into beauty. We give you our despair and you turn it into rejoicing. Lord, you, you are everything. So I just ask and invite that you, Emmanuel, God, with us, would move in power, Lord, in the intimate way that you do, claiming more of our hearts and our attention and our affection for you, because you are life. So Lord, we just give you this time. We give you our hearts. We ask that you would help us to see you, to hear you, to turn to you with everything that we have, that you would be so pleased. God, and that worship would spring up and overflow, not just in this place, but beyond this place, so that you would be exalted, Jesus. We thank you and we love you and we ask that you would help us to love you more. In your name we pray.
0: Good morning. Go pack. No, you're not going to respond to that. Okay, well, I guess we're not going to be honest today. That's all right. Um, my name's Pete. Um, it's just an honor to be able to worship with you guys this morning. So thanks for the invitation and the warm hospitality to our family here this morning. We're grateful to be able to worship with you all. Um, you ever been involved in planning a wedding? Yeah. A number of you have, like, it can be stressful, right? Like there's some things that are kind of tense at times, but my goodness, planning weddings can be some of the sweetest moments that we have, to at least that I've been that I've been around. I just, I'm a sucker for a good wedding. I just am. I love being able to get together with couples who are good for each other, who love each other, and love Jesus, and want to use that that moment, that wedding, to invite people in to see more of who He is. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, I was able to talk through a. Um, a wedding ceremony with a great couple. They're so good for each other. And while we're talking through the details of their ceremony, they were talking about some stuff that they ran into that was a little stressful, some, you know, um, future in-law issues and some hurt feelings and some of that kind of stuff. Um, They were talking about that, the logistics of it all. And then after explaining some of the challenges, the bride-to-be said something to the effect of, but then I remembered that, I'm getting married, (laughs) that this whole thing is about a wedding. And when that day comes, this is all going to be worth it. And all these other stressful things while they matter, it's just it's not nearly as important as that day. And when she said that, man, it was like lightning struck my soul because I'm hearing her say this. and I'm just thinking, I think this is how God wants us to live. I think this is the invitation that Jesus makes to us to prepare for our wedding with him. That's what faith is here now. We, the church, are engaged to the God who is love. And we get to spend our lives preparing as an engaged, loved, adored, and cherished bride. We get to spend our lives preparing for that wedding. I think that's what Isaiah 61 is ultimately about. And so I know we've been praying a lot here this morning, but that's, I mean, really kind of the best thing we get to do today. So I'm going to pray again, and then we're going to ask God to help us understand his heart through his word. So please pray with me as well. Father in heaven, just have a sense that there's um, people here who may need hope to be breathed back into their souls. I believe, Jesus, that you want to exalt your name and pour out your love so fully that we couldn't help but hope that hope would burst forth from our hearts and flood the world around us. And so, Holy Spirit of God, I pray, would you remove every distraction? Would you expose every lie? Would you untangle every twisted thing that might be clinging to us so that we can see Jesus for who he is that we could say no to anything that would keep us from fully experiencing as much of the love as you want to give us, and that we would say yes to you. That we would see you on bended knee before us proposing, and we would say yes, yes, yes. To the Holy Spirit of God, I pray, fill this place, fill our hearts. Fill our minds. Open up our minds to see you. Open up our hearts to receive your love, God. Just pour out your goodness, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This passage in Isaiah 61, um, verses 1 and 2, start by saying how, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is compelling the author to speak good news to the poor, healing to the brokenhearted, liberty to the captive, freedom to the prisoner. And in Luke chapter 4, we see how this isn't just um, something that, the Old Test- that an Old Testament prophet was compelled by. This is a prophecy that points to Jesus that he actually fulfilled. This is Jesus' message. This is his mission. This is his marriage proposal. Notice who he's speaking these words of beauty and healing to. It's the poor, isn't it? It's the down and out. It's the broken down, the beat up, the burnt out, those who are on the verge of giving up. Who don't know if they can get up and do it again one more time. He's saying to them, I love you. I see you. He sees you. He sees your brokenness. He sees your weakness. He sees your doubt. And he doesn't look on you with a raised eyebrow or a shaking, wagging finger. He says, I love you. I'm here for you. And I have come rushing in. Jesus says he rushes in to rescue us with really, really, really good news. God's word is saying in Jesus' life, clearly demonstrates that this is what is happening. This is what he does. This isn't what might happen. This isn't what could happen. This isn't what will happen if you work hard enough, believe fervently enough. God is saying this is what he's doing because his heart is drawn like a magnet to the brokenness in your heart. He sees it, and he can't help himself but to run in and walk with you in that moment. Jesus is seeking those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, for those who feel their poverty of spirit and who want nothing more than to actually see the one true God for who he is and worship him in spirit, and in truth. Jesus is looking to invite people to a wedding. And more than that, the gospel offer of giving your heart to Jesus. This is God's proposal to humanity. And so when you say yes, every time you say yes to Jesus, it sets your heart on fire and puts your life on a completely different trajectory These promises become yours. Healing for your broken heart. Freedom from your addictions. Liberty from your strongholds. Vindication from the injustices you suffer. God sees it and he is redeeming it. All because now you can enjoy the love of God. You can give your heart to the to the God who is love, fully, truly, purely. You can give every aspect of your heart to Him without holding anything back, because He hasn't held back anything from you. So you can give the, the deepest, most vulnerable, intimate, shame-covered, pain-filled ha- parts of your heart to Jesus, instead of being lured in by the lies the false gods filled with false promises and the cruel lovers in this world, your heart can belong to Jesus. And when it does, then you can get to work planning a wedding. That's what we get to do. I think that's what verse 4 is describing. It's like a bride preparing her home for the groom to move in after their wedding day. We get to invest our days in getting ready for Jesus to move back to earth. You know, he's coming back, right? And we get to spend our days preparing for that, for the king of love to come back home. Please notice how holistic this passage is. It's individual. It's individual. It's individual and it's corporate. It's physical and it's spiritual. It's deeply intimate and personal while verse 11 makes clear that this good news is so public, it's going global. And the spirit of God invades your heart, then you too will be drawn like a magnet to love the broken areas in this world and to love them with a love that gives life to things that used to be dead. Now what verse 4 says, just take a look at this or well, you're looking up here, I'm looking back there, this is saying that this is what they will do, right? It's not saying what they might do. It's not saying what they will feel guilty if they don't do. This is saying what they will do. Repeats it three times. Like a seed planted in good soil, we can't help but bear this good fruit. This is just what comes out of us like a bride who is eager to prepare for her wedding. We can't help but making these preparations, and that with our perfect fiancé. Now, this this passage is one of the reasons that my family does um, feel compelled to go to Portland. For those of you who don't know, we believe that God has called us to plant a new church in Portland, Oregon. And this passage is instrumental to that love that God has put in our hearts. See, we, we are fully convinced that God is wildly in love with that city and that his heart is devastated by its current condition. For those of you who don't know, Portland was kind of like the crown jewel of um, uh, a secular individualistic worldview. Portland was the place where young people would go to retire. It was the place where the dream of the 90s lived on. It's the place that people wanted to keep weird. The people in Portland were and are encouraged to press the limits of their humanity in search of their true identity, regardless of the cost or the fallout of it. And in some ways, That perspective needs to be appreciated. So please don't hear me saying that everything about what has happened or is happening there is wrong or bad. Uh, David Brooks explains this in his book, uh, The Second Mountain. He discusses how in the 40s and the 50s, there was kind of this unquestioned loyalty to your community, your family backstory, all that kind of stuff. And then he suggests that over the course of time, our culture overcorrected from that and moved into a place of now you do you. You pursue whatever you want, regardless of how it's going to impact anyone else. And now there's some things that are good about that because wouldn't you rather have your kids, or if you are, you know, looking at going to college or whatever the case may be, wouldn't you rather have the opportunity to pursue a life where your skill set and passion meets a need in this world instead of needing to go work at the factory that your, that your dad did and, and his dad did and so on and so forth. So it's not all bad, but there can be bad things that come into that. Portland is like ground zero for the fallout of this worldview. You can throw these stats up on the screen. The drug use is out of control. The houseless population has skyrocketed. People are leaving the city in droves, and we believe that Jesus is rushing in. And that not with a raised eyebrow, crossed arms, and a wagging finger, but with compassion and mercy and hope and the actual ability to bring real healing to people that he loves. See, all of this can happen because of who Jesus is and what he's done. Because I know that as we've been talking here this morning, for some of you, the idea of planning a wedding, it doesn't bring good emotions with it. There's a lot of things that might be painful about that. There's divorce, abuse, betrayal, neglect. And so when some people think about planning a wedding, it's not just filled with joy for some people. There's some pain attached to it. And so that's where this analogy breaks down. But here's the thing. For those who trust Jesus, it breaks down in a way that can be eternally redeemed. Because when we're talking about planning a wedding, the wedding that God is planning for his son, what we're talking about is you being able to give your heart to perfect love, who, a lover who is perfectly attentive, who will never betray you, who will never abandon you, who will never exploit you, who will always protect you. A lover that's not indulgent, but rather is empowering so that you can become all of who you were designed to be in his his presence. And he can do all of this because Jesus had a crown of glory, but he exchanged it for a crown of thorns. He can clothe us with robes of righteousness, because he was stripped of his robes and bore our shame. He can offer freedom and liberty because he was shackled to our cross. And on our cross, Jesus paid the price that our wedding would cost. He paid it all. He paid it all. It is finished because three days later, while he was laying in that grave, God the Father said, man, that check is cleared we're good to go jesus bust out of that grave no longer broken no longer wounded no longer covered in shame but radiating a glory that you now get to step into and participate in and become part of your identity Jesus ascended into heaven in that glorified body. He is seated on the throne that governs all of history. He has poured out his Holy Spirit on us now so that we can start enjoying our true fiancé today. So now everyone who gives their heart to Jesus gets to live in this identity and prepare for the true marriage we all long for. So now in Jesus, we are given to a lover who is pure. And that love empowers us to step into our true identity. Loved, you're loved, you're chosen, delighted in, clean, forgiven, freed, healed, made new, purified, And so from that perspective, so uncontainably overflowing with the love of God, we won't be able to help but give this love away. It's too much. You can't keep this in. It's got to pour out onto everyone and everything around you. Because did you notice again in verse 4, who gets to do the work of restoring the devastated places? It's those who used to be devastated. Now this is what we get to give our lives to. Why? Because in verse 8, God says that he loves justice. Human flourishing is justice. This is what God wants. God wants everyone to have an opportunity to step in to their full and true identity, to contribute to cultivating creation in meaningful ways, being loved by God and enjoying loving other people. This is justice. See, The gospel is about so much more than getting you into heaven when you die. The gospel is about getting heaven into you while you live. And as that happens, then we, together, become the answer to the prayer that Jesus prayed. Father, may your kingdom come, and may your will be done in Portland, in Somerset, as it is in heaven. Let it happen. Amen? All right. oh. And as that happens in our hearts increasingly, we can't contain it. This joy and this love, this freedom and this power will overflow like streams of living water that will flow out from us and refresh a dry and weary world around us, abiding in Jesus' love. That's the answer. That's the hope. And you don't have to wait till you get to heaven to enjoy perfect love. It's yours right now. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Step into it. Live in it today. And that's why, again, we're feeling compelled to take this step of faith now. It's so my family I'm telling you, we've done a lot of crazy things. But this, this is the craziest. We, I mean, it is. We don't know anyone. We don't have a place to live yet. Our house is going on the market this week, and we believe that this is what God's saying we need to do. We believe that this is what he's inviting us into. And God, while this is, there's a lot that needs to get figured out, God's been preparing our hearts for this for over 20 years. See, when Christy, the beautiful woman who got to read Isaiah 61 to start this thing off, this, this part of the service off anyway, um, when she was in college, she took a mission trip to L.A., And while she was in L.A. serving and often living among the the poor in that part of the country, uh, she felt like God put Isaiah 61 on her heart as her life verse, as what he was going to do in her throughout her life. And at the time, she couldn't really see how it would all come together. But here we are. Just needed a couple more gray hairs, I guess. So we do believe that God is calling us to plant this church. By simply living as missionaries, by having our lives, our our entire family be weaved into the fabric of the redemptive work that Jesus is doing in Portland. And if you would be willing, we would love, we'd be so honored to have you pray about whether or not God might be inviting you to take a step of faith with us in this. And if you believe that that's something that God might want you to do, there's two primary ways you could do this. One is, please pray for us. We are so, we're desperate for God to show up here in just about every way. So please pray for us. We believe that unless the Lord builds his house, the laborers will labor in vain. Secondly, we do need financial support as well. We are raising support because what we're trying to do, we believe that God has called Christy and I to do this together. And so instead of like raising one missionary salary, we're going to raise two part-time salaries so that together we can both be bivocational co-planters in this. We're going to step out in this together, side by side, arm by arm, as equals in the work that God has called us to. And so if you want to know any more about any of this, you can just hop on our website. Um, The URL is going to be really tricky to remember, so It's portlandchurchplant.com. I'm not that smart, which actually works into our benefit if you know anything about search engine optimization. So portlandchurchplant.com, you can read about the stuff that we have going on. You can fill out a form on the bottom, and then we'll be able to get in touch with you. We'd love to be able to have a conversation. Um, But we also uh, understand and want you to feel complete freedom in that. If God's not calling you to jump in on this at this time, that's totally cool. There's no pressure whatsoever. We are all limited, and God is doing amazing things everywhere. What he's calling us to do in Portland is just one part of a far bigger picture. God's doing something beautiful right here in Somerset. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Do you know it? There's something beautiful happening here. Don't miss it. And so when you go home today, enjoy the ways that God wants you to thrive. He wants you to thrive fully. So watch football, eat good food, laugh with your friends, love your family, do it all for the glory of God. When you go to work tomorrow, don't just go to work. Remember, you get to work on preparing a wedding. So go like a fiancé out into this world. Write code, frame walls, deliver packages, care for your baby. Do it all to make a way for the Lord, to prepare a place that Jesus is going to be happy to come back to. And so we get to all step into this together. We get to all step into God's invitation to enjoy his great love. And so what we're going to do now is we're just going to spend a little bit of time in silent reflection. Not, I guess not exactly silent because Andre and Sierra are going to play some music to help us out. Um just want to invite you to just sit and listen. Stand and listen if you need to. If you need to move around, that's okay. If you want to come up and have someone pray for you, that's cool, too. There's pillows up here. Even if you need to come up and kneel, if you feel like God's putting something on your heart that you just need to bow in his presence and and your knees don't want you to do that on the hard ground, there's pillows. You can do that here. But take a minute and meet with God, the God who loves you enough to create this place for you and to die for you so that you could fully enjoy it with him together. That's what we get to step into now. So I'm going to pray, just interact with God how you need to, and then in a little while, um, my wife Christy is going to come up and close this time in prayer. Jesus, you are so beautiful. You are love. And we can love you because you have loved us first. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray, would you release the captives today? Would you bring healing to the brokenhearted today? Highlight the things in our hearts that you want to address, Holy Spirit of God. Meet with us. Let your tender love meet with us in this moment. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: you you
1: Jesus, we just thank you that um, we can trust you with all of this. We thank you, God, that when our lives don't look like springs of living water, we can turn to you. You are our ever-present help. So, God, we turn to you now. We ask that you would fill us to overflowing, that our lives would look like worship, that you would be pleased. God, we thank you that um, you have promised us that there is no fear in love. God, that when we entrust our hearts and our lives to you, Jesus, we see your face, your character, your heart, and know that you will always, forever love us perfectly so we can say yes to you, God. We thank you, God, that Even when we struggle and doubt and our yes is feeble, Jesus, that you help us in our unbelief. You are more than enough for every single one of us, every circumstance, every fear, every hope. You are more than enough, God. So Jesus, with the faith that you provide, we say yes to you move as you will, Jesus, that we would see you, know you, love you, that our lives would be full of affection for you and that that would, God, that would be contagious. We thank you. We love you. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening. The Bridge Bible Church stands to exalt the name of Jesus. We seek to be a community that gives glory to Christ above all things and welcomes all people to join us in worshiping Him. If you don't have a church home, consider visiting ours. We are ordinary people who want to live life with authentic faith. For more information on how to get connected, deepen your faith, and experience what God has.